Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper with you. Tony Wink back in his chair. Back from Baja. Baja. Yeah, sitting to my left. He didn't race. Baja. He rode Baja for two exciting weeks of fun in the sun and sweat. It wasn't too bad, actually. We we rode the entire peninsula. We rode down from, from Takati down to Cabo San Lucas and then flew my chicken and we, we hung out and partied for a week. It was pretty good. Right. And uh, did Blue your, wife, bikes up. your wife stay home then? or That's what I call... Well, we're not technically married. We didn't actually get married in Cabo. But uh, we if Why we not? were going to do that, we would have done Why it like not? 10 years ago. Well, she doesn't like me that much. No, she doesn't. And if so, why wasn't I invited? I've seen her Facebook post. <laughs> she, she doesn't post. Instagram. Yes, she does. <laughs> does she? I guess yeah. I don't follow her or whatever. She, she Pictures of the baby. Yeah. The right. So I, I roached a, a, the first day, second uh, second day, yeah. they left me. I was, I was- What did you break now? So I broached this, uh, had this KTM 500, and I, those things will go 105 stock, full tuck downhills, and uh, the tire come apart on me. Oh, we've <laughs> seen this before. Were you leaning back on the tire? Shut up. So I'm just asking. It a was question. it was funny. It was just like when we raced the Baja 500 last summer. There was no knobbies. All you could see is cords. It was it was pretty awesome. Pulled the thing in, and they're like. <laughs> You need to change that. And I go, actually, I don't think so. I think I'm going to run it this way for the rest of the day. So we did. And then um, ended up on a XR650R, which I really like that bike. It, it actually works really well in the desert out out there. It just slobbers through everything. And it's it's really good. So I rode that bike. And uh, that's what I finished it out and blew the tranny up on that. And then um, luckily, we were pretty close to Cabo. And then I ended up in one of those Can-Am X3 Four seaters, dude. Those things are insane. How the abuse those things take. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure they're smooth in the desert too. Just, so you don't good. Feel anything. They're they're too big for anything here, but in the in the desert out in Baja, they're they're so good. That voice, uh, of course, uh, Tony Wink, as I said, returns to the studio back with me again this week. Roman Avila, uh, Roman, it's good to have PJ Duran sitting to your left, my right. Sure is. PJ, you were in San Francisco. Yes, staying admiring. at the famed Fairmont Hotel high atop Knob Hill. I did not. Wow. Uh, that sounds wonderful. I stayed at a beautiful place called La Meridian in the Embarcadero, the financial district. It was wonderful. That's right by the ferry known building. As the Motel Six. <laughs> yeah. We did get a Super Eight in Santa Cruz. That was as close to the Motel Six. <laughs> did as you we ride? Did you surf? What'd you do? Uh, no, we did a fair bit of hiking, a lot of sightseeing. Went up to Alice's restaurant. I would say that was How one was of the that? highlights. That was super cool on Skyline Bowl. Boulevard. That was really cool. Uh, Big Sur was beautiful. Uh, just 
enjoying the Pacific. It was wonderful. Pacific Northwest, especially from that point on up north, is just gorgeous. Glad you're back. Uh, big show on tap, Tony. Who are the guests that we can expect on the program? Absolutely. We're going to have Cooper Webb, who's in the, the on hold right now waiting on us. Really excited to talk to him. We haven't talked to him since he made the switch to the orange bike, which really is, KTM is the dream team now. The, the, it used to be it Honda. Sure become that way, yeah. Yeah, and, and KTM is now... The, the team that Cooper Webb is on is the team that everybody wants to race for. Also, Kurt Nicole is on. Uh, Danny Walker is going to be on. Then we have uh, some road racing guys. We have David Anthony, Jeff May, and Chuck Axlin from uh, Crave, obviously. So pretty good lineup, actually. And I take zero credit because I was in Mexico and I did none of it. Well, you did none of it last week or the week before either. So get used to it. Uh, let's go to Cooper <laughs> Webb, our very first guest. Cooper, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. We, we missed you last week. We were going through Cooper Webb withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. We only had 20 minutes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> well, we made it. We made it. We did. We yeah. Did. A- 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 ably so. Yeah, we sure did. Coop, I want to say congrats on the ride. I know it's a little little late. I mean, we've, it's kind of old news to you, but uh, pretty cool. Like I said in the opening, we uh, you know KTM seems to be the, the dream team now. It used to be Honda back in the day, and you growing up on a mini bike on mm-hmm. Hondas. You know that, uh, you know it's hard to imagine that KTM would be what it is today. But it really is the yeah. team that everybody wants. How's the new surroundings down there at the Baker factory? Yeah, thank you for for all that. No, it's, <laughs> uh, it is. You know, I think um, they've obviously had some great success in the past, and uh, especially the last. You know, I'd say really the five last five years is is a complete uh, turnaround. You know, from you know maybe ten or or. 15 years ago, maybe. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good opportunity for myself to, you know, be on this Red Bull KTM team with Roger and the guys there, and then also uh, working with, with Eldon and, and doing this program here in Florida. So, yeah, it's uh, a lot of change, but so far it's been really good. We uh, we were talking about this off air, Roman and me, about, uh, Roman and I, about. Uh, the the switch to Alden Baker and and being down there riding with those guys and being pushed by those guys and you know your competitors basically in that premier class um the what you were doing before you know for whatever reason didn't didn't translate into uh the finishes that we know that you're capable of on the 450 mm-hmm. you come off of a you know super successful 2000 uh what was it 2017 250 class where you won both the indoors and outdoors so you're you know you go to the 450 and it was it was absolutely lackluster it wasn't what we'd we'd it just wasn't exciting it wasn't cooper webb and and you're a little badass and we expect you to do better than what you did and you didn't so here you are on a ktm and i'm pretty excited for you is that have i kind of am yeah, i out of line nah, in any of that no nah, i'm absolutely not it's uh yeah you know the my rookie year was was one thing you know a learning curve for sure to say the least had a few injuries and uh but yeah last year was tough you know i think um i i once again i unfortunately had some injuries that uh didn't allow me to finish either season and um you know i've i've after two years of like you said not the results i wanted i felt like it was really time for a change on on all, all aspects you know i um and KTM showed interest um, for a while, you know, so that was pretty nice. And um, we had had, you know, a few discussions here and there, and, you know, they, they were interested. So, uh, 
you know, once once things kind of got later in the year where you start negotiating and all that stuff, I was I was really happy to you know make the switch. I think for me, it's more of a fresh start. It's um, you know, like you said, that's the biggest thing is what I was doing before didn't seem to be working as well as I had liked it to. So uh, sometimes you know you need you need that to to open your eyes and realize you need a change cooper uh i read your uh your interview on racer x um you know and i and i read that you know you, you look at this as a, a great maturing uh aspect to uh your career and i applaud you for that for openly saying that hey <laughs> this is gonna help no because no, a lot of guys and you know this a lot of guys won't say hey look this is going to be a great opportunity for me, yeah. not just as a racer, but as a person to mature, to grow, That's a great point. to develop as a, as a, a person and a racer, um, Absolutely. you know, and, and like you said, and, and Tony and I were talking about this before, but, you know, jump into a team that's invested a lot of money and resources into what's become the premier program. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Dungey went the same direction, you know, he didn't, yeah. it wasn't working for him. He jumped to Alden, which had worked for Villapoto, worked for Carmichael. But, uh, now you've got this big conglomerate of, of A-class riders, you know, yeah. and how has that really worked for you? Has it, has it been an adjustment to, to riding with all these guys on a daily basis or has yeah. it been, has it been more fun? I'd say both. Um, you know, so I've been taking it as a positive, you know, I think it has been a huge adjustment, you know, in the past, I never, you know, I, w I would ride with, with guys, but, um, you know, never at the, the 450 level. So for me, not only riding with guys at the 450 level, but riding with, you know, arguably two of the three best guys in the class every day and um, being around, you know, being around them and learning from them, but also just, like you said, that the speed they have, you know, the, the race knowledge, the, you know, all that stuff, just being around it and, you know, learning from it every day has been, for me, uh, an adjustment for sure, you know, and really pushing myself and, um, you know, it makes the days tough, that's for sure, but uh, it's also been a fun thing because it, it's really a, a whole new change for me, and, and I can see, you know, even though it's at a, as hard as it may be, I am seeing progress, and I'm seeing that it will be worth it, you know, come January, so, uh, yeah, and, you know, like you said, that, that maturing point and all that, I think it's a great group of people, with, you know, regardless of results. Yes, they've all had the best results in the sport, you know, with Alden and Roger and, you know, even Ryan Dungey's part of the team as kind of a mentor and stuff. So not only on the results base, but just uh, the kind of, the, in my opinion, it's the, the group of people you definitely want to be around. And for me, you know, I just turned 23 last week, so I feel like I'm obviously very young and have a lot to learn and uh, can gain a lot of knowledge and on all aspects, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited and uh, just looking forward to you know doing doing a good off season these next well I guess I guess really months and a half now and uh, 
just kind of see where we're at in Anaheim and, and use this year to really hopefully get back to, uh, you know, the, the coop that I know is in there. So uh, we're talking with Cooper Webb, who's part of the Red Bull KTM team, the 450 Premier Class. And uh, so people know, maybe if they don't they don't follow your program as closely, Coop, uh, who are you training with on a daily basis down at the Baker Factory in Florida? And can you tell us who's a jerk and who's fun to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome so far. Um, we train with Marvin Musk, or I train with Marvin Musgren, Jason Anderson, and Zach Osborne. So, uh, you know, obviously all champions and all title contenders and uh yeah but no, so far it's been good they've all been jason hasn't been here too much he's mainly been in california but uh it's been really cool to kind of get to know you know marvin and zach because i never really knew him before so i mean uh for me it's been cool to kind of not only them but meet the mechanics meet the track personnel and and also to kind of meet i always have kind of known all the guys on ktm and you know just around the pitch but actually getting to to know them you know on a personal level and stuff it's it's been cool and um you know a, a change but it's always it's been good coop how has it been the transition between roger to ian has that been pretty smooth and how's it working with uh with uh your new mechanic i, I hear he's <laughs> worked for a couple of good guys in the past yeah yeah uh, it's been good, honestly. You know, I think um, really not much has changed. You know, he had, Roger had told me he had kind of gotten a new title or whatever it was, and I, I still don't really know the proper term or whatever. But the man, uh, I think they just call him the yeah. man there. Yeah, yeah, it's just the man. But, uh, on on our end, it seems like nothing's changed, and that's what he had told me. He's like, "Yeah, I've taken on a new role, but nothing will change within the race team." You know, I think Ian now is is the manager uh, of the team, but Roger is, I mean, just as involved as and, as I know he is to be. You know, I and, still talk to him on a constant level, and he's at the races. He's he's been you know good at Monster Cup and stuff, and right there, and you know at the track with testing everything. So, you know, I don't know uh, if that'll change or not, but so far it's been great, and. Uh, yeah, working with Carlos has been been awesome so far. He's got a lot of knowledge, and yeah, he's had some great great results the past few years working with Benji and uh, a bunch of other good riders. So yeah, it's just you know that's what I kind of keep going back to really on on all ends, um, mechanic, trainer, you know, team manager, mentor, everybody is just total package. And man, it's it's pretty exciting. So, um, I had another question for you. <laughs> we, I started listening to you and now I forgot it, but, um, <laughs> how about this? Uh, when you were on Yamaha and, uh, you and Barsha, we saw yeah. some fireworks on the track and I don't know if it was fireworks, but it was, it was fun to watch as a fan. It was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he gave you, he didn't flip you off though. He just gave you like the one, then like, he didn't actually flip you off. It didn't look like, but it was cool. The, the photo that they posted, you were looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking back at you. Uh, was that uh, how's that relationship there? You guys all right? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. Uh, How about that yeah. day, yeah, had to be a little yeah, tense. We, we we had a few races there every once in a while. I think one of the supercrosses, we had gotten into it a little bit and stuff. But I mean, you know, I've I've known Justin for a long time and have always really liked 
him and his family have always been really, really nice and kind to me. So, you know, he we're both pretty uh, aggressive, I'd say, and and very like, competitive. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think um, you know, if anything, it, it it only happened maybe twice where we got really competitive stuff. So, um, you know, I think in that atmosphere it happens. But uh, yeah, as a teammate, he was he was always really cool, really nice, and. Um, you know, I felt like we always got along well. Were you at the wedding? No, no, I wasn't. That uh, did you get invited? I wasn't either. I wasn't invited. Well, of, of all of us, I was the only one invited. That's oh, weird. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Yeah. You didn't yeah. go to England? Yeah, I was supposed to bring a, a baby giraffe and uh, <laughs> yeah. spotted cow. Sure, he was. Those two things. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go. Mm-mm. Uh, so your uh, your your next event. What are your thoughts on on the races overseas, like the one in Australia that we just saw? Um, that that thing looks super cool. I know we saw you at uh, Monster Cup, which was kind of your debut on the KTM. But what are your thoughts about racing overseas when during the off season? Uh, for me, I, I I always really enjoyed it. You know, uh, I haven't done done many the last few years, but uh, when I was two fifty class, I did a lot and. Uh, I always really liked it, and I and this year I had the opportunity to go, but, you know, we felt like with the new bike and new program and everything that I, you know, needed to maybe stay stateside and dial everything in. So, you know, next year I'm really looking forward to picking one and maybe going with it. You know, I've done Australia, I've done the one in Paris, I've done Genoa, you know, so uh, it's it's I really enjoy it, going over and seeing the different cultures and the different people and, the fans are, are always really awesome and, and respectful and really enjoy us coming over there. So it's always fun events. And for me, it's a good little warm up. You know, it's not the same as racing here, but you, you kind of get uh, some testing and just that race race day kind of vibe, which I always enjoy doing. Yeah, our own our own uh, Justin Brayton has said numerous times, uh, both in private to us and and on the show he loves racing year-round essentially aside from but the he hates outdoors <laughs> aside from the motocross stuff as far yeah. as supercross goes um because he just feels that it keeps him that much sharper and that, and that much more into it and maybe yeah. as justin has progressed in age maybe that's what he, he has found that works for him yeah not not everybody's the same for sure um but i i notice that when around here in Iowa, we don't get a race year round, obviously, uh, yeah. or, or ride, you know, motocross essentially year round. Um, we'll go ride, but it's just icy and slick and snowy. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I just want to say congratulations on this new venture. I really hope it works out for you. I know we've, we're all pulling for you and, Amen. and hoping things, uh, turn around for you because I know you're, you're not, you, you didn't, leave Yamaha where you want it to be and, and we're looking forward to seeing you back up on top of the box. Yeah, well thank you. Yeah, yeah that's the plan. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to do everything I can to, to do that. I feel feel like I'm in a good, good situation to turn things around, that's for sure. Coop, send us some stickers, will you? Yeah. Stickers. Yeah, stickers. Yeah, stickers. Decals, patches. Patches. Butt patches. patches. Butt patches. Red Bull KTM ones. Yeah, for sure. We'll put them all over the walls here at the iHeart Studios. I'm sure they'll be Be very happy with us. 
<laughs> You've never seen walls more plain. Cooper, thank you so much for the time, brother. Yeah, thank you, guys. God Always bless you. Best your family and everybody else, okay? Thank you, man. There we go. Cooper Webb to the showers. Kurt Nicole coming up. He's waiting in the wings. Nicole, really? Is it Nicole or Nicole? Nicole. Right? Nicole? I think so. All right. Uh, also, Danny Walker later on in this hour. Dave Anthony, Jeff May, and Chuck Axlin uh, do up in hour number two. More with Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran. I'm Scott Casper on behalf of Eddie Kulikamp and the entire family here at Front Porch uh, Folks, Front Porch People, Front Porch Media. We're glad you're with us. It's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. This is Davey Coombs, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one -on -one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction. Serving Iowa since 1946. This is Chris Teeth McNeil. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. In it to win it. 
That's what I'm talking about. Hey, welcome back. It is Pit Pass. Swell Vodka, six times distilled, six times filtered. Swell Vodka belongs in the well. Ask for it at a, well, your favorite spot. How about that? Swell Vodka, also by our friends at uh, Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa. You know, I take a pause because every time I drive by there, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you go inside, and it's cooler and cooler and cooler. And the employees are happy and the customers are happy because they're getting everything they want for Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta, KTM, and Polaris. And it's all under one roof at Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Can't make it there in person? Check them out online, hicklinpowersports.com. All right, thanks, Scott. We just finished up a conversation with Cooper Webb. And uh, our next guest is Kurt Nicole, who is a uh, one of the top riders in the Motocross Grand Prix World Championship during the late 80s and early 90s, and uh, has been uh, top FIM 500 World Championship rider. Just a bad dude. Bad dude. Uh, won 13 World Motocross Grand Prix, um, 17 ACU British National Championships. Um, what else? R- rode for the British Motocross as Nations team. Um, bringing the 13-year winning streak by the United States to an end. So thanks for that, Kurt. Um, <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate it. You hurt our feelings. Yeah. So uh, what else? Oh, and he raced Farley Castle this weekend, or excuse me, this this past fall, which I'm excited to talk to him about. And he's a uh, – I, I think he won the the uh, the 50-plus pro class out at Glen Helen at the World Vet Championship, which was like uh, last weekend, the weekend before. So we bring him on now. Kurt, what's going on? Oh, good. Thank you very much. Um and yes, on all of those points, um, <laughs> I got suffered around Farley Castle as usual. Suffered around Glen Helen last weekend. Um, beautiful suffering. Well, uh, congratulations, and that's all the time we have for you. Thank you for being on. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah, good enough. yeah pretty much covered everything breaking, for you. <laughs> breaking that thirteen-year streak. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's, talk about yeah let's let's do. Actually, let's do talk about that because that's. That's uh, pretty neat, I think. That uh, you know, not so much as an as an American, but just the the story that the Americans have had dominated for over a decade, and then you guys, you know, brought that to an end. Talk about that. What an experience that was. Uh, it was it, it was the greatest experience of my career, but because um, it was completely unexpected that uh, thirteen year domination uh, was expected to continue, um, and if anyone was going to break it, it certainly wasn't the British. And we, we had a an underdog team. I, I guess I probably wasn't an underdog on the 500 at that time, but uh, the other two team members were Rob Herring, who was a great rider, but very up and down. And then Paul Malin, who'd never ridden a 125. And he he completely dominated and won both his races, beating Emig comfortably and passing him in both races. And... um. Yeah, it was it was incredible experience, and you know, one that we'll never forget. I mean, as Britons, we haven't won it since. Um, came close, not really. Yeah, I mean, we came close on our home soil when Anstey won both races last year. Um, I don't think we're really strong enough as a nation now uh, to expect to win in the next couple of years. Um, but you know, one day we will. Kurt, can you comment on on uh, the the current state of motocross in the United States for for our top level guys versus the Europeans? There's been, you know, we just assume that we're going to kick butt, you know, when we're on U.S. soil at Redbud this year, and it was really quite the opposite. They got whooped, and the track didn't look anything like it does at an outdoor national. However, 
I don't think that was the case. I th- I don't think that was the the determining factor. But can get, I mean, I'm assuming you have an opinion on this, having been a former motocrosses nations rider and, and winner of this. I certainly do, and I, I and I was uh, in Red Bud um, and watched it all go down. Um, a fantastic event, by the way. I mean, even if the result was bad for America, I mean, a, a really great event despite the weather. Um, so, I mean, I think that the you know uh, had the Americans specifically Tomac or Plessinger got good starts, it would have been a completely different story. You know, I, I don't think that um, it was as bad as it looked. I mean, if you got a good start around there and you weren't filled in on the first lap and you weren't, you know, goggles full of mud and sand, then, um, you know, you could do a lot, lot better. I still think if Eli had got out front, they'd have had a hell of a job to catch him up. Um, they didn't, and it looked terrible. And I do believe that probably the best motocross rider in the world right now is Jeffrey Hurlings. Um, but the gap is nowhere near as bad as it looked at Red Bull. And, you know, if you went to a, another national motocross track that's in the series, I mean, it completely, a completely different story. It was a bad day. Um, all the riders had a bad day. They didn't get good starts and they just didn't have a good day. Um, but everything's evened up. Back in our day, um, and it's difficult to remember now because things have moved on so quickly. I mean, we we had no real way of checking each other out, so there was a big difference between Americans and Europeans. I, my first ever trip to the U.S., I came over here to California to race the Carlsbad Grand Prix in uh, 1984. I'd never seen Americans ride because there was no internet, there was no YouTube, there was no nothing. You know, there wasn't on the television. And I, I came here a week early and went to Carlsbad and watched uh, Ricky Johnson and Ron Machine race a local race. And I, when they came to the second corner, I thought their throttles are jammed. They went so fast. And, <laughs> but I'd never seen anyone ride like that. I, I'm dead serious. I jumped back from the fence. And they, came, and they came towards it. And then they like put the back brake and turned on the rear wheel, and I'd never seen a technique like that. <laughs> Whereas nowadays, you're not going to get that big golf because, you know, if when Bubba invents the scrub, then every single kid that races a motocross bike all over the world immediately sees the scrub and is out there practicing the next day. And so, you know, you'll always have equality now that, that we didn't have back then because you can't sneak a technique in. And I, and I don't think there's really much to say about um, Jeffrey and going back to that, Kurt, because we've seen Jeffrey race a straight-up AMA race at Crawfordsville, albeit wasn't the most ideal conditions. However, he did go down in the first turn and still win that race. And yeah, like I said, I, I do believe he's the best motocross rider right now. Um you know, if you put him on most tracks together with Eli Tomac, who is also a sensational motocross rider, I mean, if the two of them went head to head at Glen Helen, it would be very, very close. I, you know, honestly, Kurt, in my opinion, however, be it very small, I, I still think Jeffrey gets him. I think we've, and and we've talked about this before. Um, 
but I think that we have adjusted our focus so much from the beginnings of motocross to a focus of motocross and but a greater emphasis on supercross that guys are as we've seen before doing supercross only contracts because they don't want to race outdoors they don't want to put themselves through that because it is more grueling and it is i i think it's harder than supercross now when you race supercross and you don't and you make a mistake obviously you know what happens to you is is, is sometimes th- worse but i think that the the focus has shifted in the united states to supercross for our our riders and whereas the the outdoor season lasts quite a bit longer for the for the europeans and and they they seem to you know that is their that is yeah. the way they make their living and and uh you know i think that uh you know, supercross only contracts. I think they're just fine for a lot of guys, but I don't think it's breeding, um, you know, a talent that's going to be competitive on a world level Mm-mm. to compete with those kind of the Jeffrey Hurlings, no. and those kind of guys, and then Carl no, them. I, I agree with you, and and, and here's a, another take on that, which is supercross has also changed because uh, supercross in the '80s bred this aggressive, you know. Um, tight corners technique that the Americans used in order to beat us for 13 years in a row. But now, Supercross isn't like that. I mean, you only have to go on YouTube and check out some of the old tapes. You know, people are making mistakes. There's lots of different lines. Like, Supercross now is all about the obstacles. And, I mean, just the bike setup. Obviously, I you know, know quite a lot about the bike setup. More my time at KTM. I mean, those bikes that race supercross are not designed designed to turn corners. I mean, they're they're rock hard as suspension, and so, and that's because you don't make up your time by cornering fast in supercross. You have to do the obstacles because if you miss an obstacle, you lose everything you can gain, you know, by cornering fast. And so, everyone sets up to do the obstacles and the whoops. And so, yeah, of course, you're not setting up to race good. Motocross speed is as simple as that. So things have changed around. So the advantage of Americans doing Supercross in the 80s is now a disadvantage in the 2010s, whatever we call this decade. <laughs> 20s. Yeah, 20s now, but... Uh, nearly. Yeah, nearly. Uh, Kurt, but, you know, we talked with Cooper from, from Red Bull, uh, but Roger was always a big proponent of corner speed. You know, that's why he signed Dungey. That's why he was always enamored with, with Carmichael, you know, because he's always talked about corner speed. Uh, and like you just said, it just doesn't seem that it's it, it's become more who can hit the big jump, who can hit the big rhythm, who can blitz the whoops the fastest, who can do this section. It's not about technique as much as it is about who can twist the throttle the most? Yeah, I mean, there's still a technique. Um, there, there's no doubt. It's just a different technique in Supercross compared to outdoors, and it's it's a, a negative rather than a positive. I mean, now the big difference, if you go to a Supercross and watch, even guys like I had racing for me, like super talented guys like Josh Hansen, uh, which would be a whole other story to go into a uh, hour-long interview about Josh Hansen, but 
Um, even taking someone like Josh, I watched him at Anaheim last year or the year before whenever he came out. I mean, he jumped so high now compared to the kids of today. And, I mean, Josh was at his peak in 2006, 2007, and he can't stay low on the jumps. And, uh, I mean, that's the technique they use in Supercross now. You don't make up your time in the corners. You make up your time by being low on the jumps. Sure. And, and uh, you know, that's just different. And being low on the jumps didn't help at Red Bull. What is Hanson going to do? He's riding a Honda. I see he's riding a Honda on his social media and stuff, but... He's been doing some testing for Honda. I see him out here on the local tracks. Um, he's been doing suspension testing for Honda and Shower. Um, I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times. He seems totally content. He's got a good wife and a kid. And sure. So, yeah, seems pretty good. I see Donnie all the time. Um, Donnie's a good friend of mine. So, um, yeah, they seem, all of them seem to be doing good, which is great. So, Kurt, what's next for you? What what what's the next big thing on the horizon, either on a bike or or off? Um, well, I'm. I think last time we spoke, I just set up the uh, the motocross vacations company, Champion MX, uh, here in California, and we've just had a um, a phenomenal month in um, October with the motocross nations. We had a huge group come out and we rode in California and then went over to that race then the Monster Cup um, in Vegas and then the World Bet that we mentioned, another huge group. So, um, I mean, that's basically a big focus for me right now. Um, I have another big group coming out on Sunday. I'm going to race Day in the Dirt um, at Glen Helen, uh, the Troy Lee Red Bull event. And, And then... You know, a bunch of people coming over to Supercross. I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, it's great to have uh, guys come out and ride um, from England and from all over the world and come out here and ride in California because they love it. The weather's great. And uh, I kind of attract a older crowd, let's say, because I am old. Those are the guys so, that can afford it. Yeah. They can afford it. But they also, I mean, they're, they're really here to get the most and really enjoy it and i mean have fun it's just a ton of fun yeah i mean the, these guys are real enthusiasts and you know they they come out for a once in a lifetime trip and then they come the next year and the next year because they you know they don't know how long their lifetime is so they want a lot of once in a lifetime trips you know i've had a couple of once in a lifetime trips myself <laughs> yeah my last one was yeah. afghanistan nice <laughs> well, you got to ride in a uh, tank, though, didn't you? No, no, no. MATV, MRAP. Kurt, I just but got anyway. done riding from Takati to Cabo San Lucas last week. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Margarita Bar to what Margarita Bar. Ride? I started off on a KTM 500 and ended up on a uh, XR650R, which I honestly, I really like the 650 in the desert and out. In Baja, the 650 works very, very well. The the 500 just is fine. It's a good, it's a great bike, as you know. Would you like to power the 650 more, or what was it? Uh, I kind of bigger seat. It did have a a, uh, (laughs) concept seat on. It's kind of a wide butt seat, but (laughs) no, I just if you've ever ridden a 650 in Baja, you know what I'm talking about. The thing just kind of it just kind of plows through rocks where the guys on on the lighter 450s and 500s are 
are it's picking the, their way through, it, and I just weight. I just kind of slobber through stuff. Uh, it's good. I like the guys that show up on a Honda. Kind of surprises me. What did you say? So it kind of surprises me. So I, I mean, maybe it's like riding a tank in Afghanistan, riding a. <laughs> well, it definitely the the six fifty definitely has its disadvantages too, Kurt. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, at sixty mile an hour, it works pretty well. Up against clock, fellas. We got to hit the break. We are two minutes late to it. Kurt, thank you so much. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, we'll, man. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Thanks. Next time you're at Farley Castle, chip us off a piece and send it to us, will you? They won't care. All right, coming up next, uh, the Dirty Talker Danny Walker is going to be joining us. Dave Anthony, Jeff May, and Chuck Axelin are due up in hour number two of the big program. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Doug Henry, adaptive snowcross, winner X Games gold medalist, and you're listening to Pit Pass. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight pack. 
package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, this is Ken Roxon. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Better bring it back, Jack. Thank you so much, Jack and Leon DeLeon, producing the program, as always, doing a stellar job. Thank you, guys. All right, do up next is the man, the myth, the legend. We know him as the dirty talker, Danny Walker, cruising across the fruited plain. No matter where he goes, coast to coast, border to border, he is highly respected, often misconstrued <laughs> as being an expert in this sport. God, you sound like a radio guy he, right he now. He joins Mr. us now. Does Danny Walker, Danny, how are you? <laughs> that was awesome. And I'm just I, trying to get the people I, in the studio to stop talk, uh, stop talking over me. I feel that I feel important after that announcement, man. That that helps much. <laughs> well, man. I'm full of broaster chicken tonight, man. I'm I'm all <laughs> jacked up. That's awesome. That's mm. awesome. How are you, buddy? I'm, uh, uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, just uh, getting ready to walk into a Colorado Eagles hockey game here and go watch a little hockey and cool hang out with. Was that Triple uh, you know, A? Triple A? Oh uh, no. No, we're uh, AHL? We're AHL now. Yeah, we're a okay. Colorado Avalanche affiliate. You know, that's amazing how old the AHL is. Most people don't yep. know it, but it's uh, been around for a while. Anyway, welcome uh, back to the program, buddy. Uh, let's go to PJ. PJ, I know you have a question tripping across the tip well, of your tongue. Well, uh, good to talk to you, Danny. I was, I really, I've been, uh, since I heard the news about JD, I wanted to get, you're the guy whose opinion I think would matter on this. What do you think about a, a pro motorcycle racer, road racer, going back to his roots, so to speak? Uh, apparently, JD's got a un, as yet unannounced road racing uh, ride, too, but for sure we knew he's going riding on one of these Yamahas this year. What do you think about it? Well, I don't think he's ever really left his roots. I mean, even even when he rode for us in 12 and 13, he did a bunch of dirt track. And, you know, once you do any dirt track, it doesn't ever leave your blood system. I mean, it's a bad, it's a really, really bad addiction. That's what my whole business is about, is people being addicted to dirt track. And, Infection. you know, it's not going to leave. And, and, you know, he's shown, obviously, that he can be very, very competitive. Unfortunately, you know, winning the 600 championship, there just wasn't a good superbike step for him to go to right now in the u.s and you know anywhere really um so i think you know for him to keep that competitive edge and and really get that fix and and go make some money i, th I think he's going to be uh you know i don't know a lot about that yamaha motorcycle but obviously the races that he did do he put it in the main event and a couple times he put it on the podium yeah i think uh his results were spectacular given his lack of overall preparation for that uh discipline yeah, you know, yeah sometimes there's a lot to be said for no pressure just coming in and being able to just have a good time and you know and ride the thing you know that's that's easy so being a full season will be interesting and in developing a relationship with that and you know it'll be interesting you know every, there's a lot of speculation that he'll be on a 600 probably for the ridiculous guys 
you know, on a part-time basis, and I'm sure they're just working out the details on that. Yeah, he's uh, clearly uh, one of the class of the field in the 600 class, and it is unfortunate that we haven't get haven't yet been able to witness JD moving up to a thousand. I yep. he keeps doing what he's doing though. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. He's always been on our list. I mean, we obviously I've known him since. You know, my claim to fame with JD is we, and he hates when I say this, but I literally taught him how to shift on a XR70 back in <laughs> Spokane, Washington, twenty. 21 years ago or something i think he was seven or eight or something and we so i've, I've known the kid a long time so <laughs> he's always been on our list of if we had a potential to to have a second guy or have a you know if, if we didn't have a front-running guy then then jd would be somebody we'd want to work with again for sure so he's just a great personality and you know gives 110 percent and and uh you know just fun to be around danny walker's our guest and and i'm curious with cam peterson off to race the omega moto R1 Superbike next year. Will Jason Uribe be back with your squad, or what's cooking? What do you got Boy, besides chicken? I, I mean, maybe if I talk to you next Tuesday, I'd have a better answer, but I don't have any answer at all right now. We're we're waiting for, for the folks that uh, that make the decision at, at American Honda to decide if we're even going racing or not. We've, ah, so we have no – Mick and I have no – and the crew, we have – no idea, even even if we're going to have it. So we're on for next Tuesday, is, is what I'm hearing, Danny. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, here, I'm hearing we're going to get the dirty talker, Danny Walker, on next week. We're we're a week Sweet. early, so hopefully that, that you know that's a big company and lots going on, and you know lots of budget issues with everybody in the motorcycle racing industry right now. And um, you know if if uh, they come back and they said, hey, it'll be a shame for sure. You know we'll be. Uh, bummed out for sure. We're, I'm real happy about Cam doing that. I think he's going to shine on that thing. I mean, we kind of threw him in deep. We were hoping our bike was going to be a little further along with having a partnership with Tenkati, but um, our bike didn't really take any big strides of being competitive this year until our head engineer, crew chief, Scotty Jensen at Moto Garage kind of went off a different direction on our electronics, and then our bike got good starting at, at uh, Sonoma, and at Sonoma, Cam really showed that he could run in the top five and had a couple incidents and, you know, almost got on the podium at New Jersey. So I, I think Cam's going to do really, really, uh, really good. There's no pressure with that team and there are some good, you know, privateer guys. And uh, I think he's going to do really good over there. So looking forward to that for sure. The Honda deal, the, the, it's not super concerning, is it? I mean, we're, we're in November and I know that's, I know you it, you have to go to work and hire riders and stuff, but is it late for you or is it, is it kind of, you what, know, I, we, if we go racing, um, we're feeling pretty good about it. Complete, to be honest with you, we're feeling pretty good. Um, our bikes were trap speed wise; they were they were good at the end of the year. Our electronics were we felt were quite a bit better, even than what Tenkati had had done. You know, they kind of got stuck on where they were going, and our bike ran pretty good. It handles really good. People love riding the thing. Uh, you know, there's some guys. Obviously, Gagne's back in the U.S. now, and um, he doesn't know what he's doing, so he's on our list. There's some, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, there's some really good guys right now. Laverty, Salvadori, Flores. There's a bunch of good World Superbike guys. Um, you know, there's some there's some good guys out there. Obviously, PJ Jacobson. Um, you know, there's some good guys out there right now that don't have Superbike rides that uh, you know that could jump in and and we still be in the hunt for a podium on our bike pretty quick. So we'll see. Well, so that begs the question, Danny. Can you 
can your team survive a year off? You know, you've been at this game long enough. To, I mean, if if it <laughs> doesn't, be, it, I'll be a hundred percent honest. If if we don't go racing this year, I'm going to have a garage sale that will be you won't even believe the stuff that'll be for sale. Man, that, that was gonna, where I, that's what I was wondering. I mean, uh, uh, we'll I'll sell everything I've got. We, you know, the issue, the other problem, not problem, but the good thing that we had was. Uh, you know, we were so busy this year. The Marine Corps got back involved with doing super camps with us, and we did five of those. They're on board to do eight of those events next year, so eight normal events on top of 12 or 13 regular four-day, like the camp we have coming up in L.A. here in, in December, the first week in December, that's six days, and that's one event for us. So we were not home at all this year. So Mick and I both are like, well, if, if it doesn't happen, we'll have some free time. I might get to go trail riding. I'll, I'll get to focus on super camp and, and having fun with that. And, you know, we've got a road race school that's just we love to death, and Josh Hayes is really excited about it, and Robbie Peterson's excited about it. And if we could have some more time to actually focus on doing that road race school, maybe that would be a good thing. Racing's awesome. been doing it my whole entire life. First went road racing in 1980, but – you know, if it if it doesn't happen, it, it, we've got other things that are going to keep us more than busy. So, we'll see. Might even do a you know a singles uh, dirt track thing for a couple of TT races and put you know maybe Gagne or Cam Peterson or somebody on a single bike to do some of the you know the dirt tracks, the TT races for sure. Danny, for 2019 Moto America has announced uh, that a few events will be reduced to a two day format: VAR, Utah, Sonoma, and New Jersey. Um, what do you think that the advantages and disadvantages of this are going to be? Well, and have you heard anything in the paddock? I mean, any of the other guys? Well, Obviously, you guys have been who, maybe talking. Depends on who you ask. I mean, I think there's a group of us in the middle. If you ask the factory guys, they're probably not excited about it because they they've got their budgets and they're gonna they're gonna pay their guys no matter what. Um, you ask the guys in the middle, which is kind of like us, saves us a little bit of money. It's not as much money as I originally thought it was going to be i thought we were going to i was like yeah let's do that it's going to save us the money and then when mick and i sat down for a few days and really put the numbers to it it wasn't as big as i was hoping it i believe it'll save the series some money you know as far as just cash money but i think it might make a little more focus for the spectators to come to those events obviously it's going to hurt the privateers that don't get the track time and you know you got to be ready to go i you know we've done that in the past we did that in 2012 at a couple of events and luckily you know, with the crew that we have with Scotty Jensen, Danny Anderson, and and uh, Evan Steele and the guys from ASP, uh, our guys are on top of it. So they, you know, it wasn't an issue for us. But if you don't have a, if you're not prepared and ready, you know, it definitely could bite you not having that extra track time. I, you know, the thing I like about it, the guys are trying something different. They're, they're not just stagnant. You know, whether you agree with what Moto America is doing or not, I agree with most of the stuff that they're doing. A couple things, maybe not. I'm not excited about their electronics rule, but, you know, they're, they're still trying things and they're doing different stuff and they're not just stagnant going, well, that's what we got. Deal with it. So, you know, we'll see if it works. If it doesn't, they can always change it. Danny, one last uh, question for you. We respect your opinion on everything. <laughs> wow, BN has really uh, put us through some, uh, some work this year as yeah. fans and spectators. We're down to, I think, maybe one or if at most two uh, providers, uh, let's say, the you know, content providers are still carrying BN. 
they were our one-stop shop for road racing, and uh, it's become difficult. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, obviously, we've talked to the BN guys, you know, directly too, and and you know, obviously through Moto America for sure. But um, you know, they're trying. It, it's it's a standard process that all of those channels go through. It just happened that the BN Comcast Directv contract just happened to come up in the middle of our season. If it came up. You know, right now it probably wouldn't be an issue. There's a little bit of a power play with what BN's trying to do, and you know, but Comcast and DirecTV have the ultimate world. Guess what? We'll just shut you off, and then you'll have to you'll have to backpedal whether you want to or not. But everybody everybody's pretty confident that they'll get that worked out here in the next couple months, and by the time the season starts, that we'll be back on BN. And I thought they did a great job with all of the events, with you know, MotoGP obviously and World Superbike and. And Moto America. Well, and BN's still coverage. BN's still getting the events, right? It's just yep. whether or not you can view them, which, like you mentioned, DirecTV and Mediacom are two that definitely don't offer it. Is maybe Dish still offering BN? Dish has got it for sure, yeah. Dish is, Dish is the one where who does have it. And I think Verizon, too. Isn't there a Verizon network? Or Yeah, I know a lot of yeah. guys have gone to the Sling and whatnot. Well, it's, yep. uh, that's, I just was interested as to your thoughts about that. I, I called DirecTV and said, if you don't get BN Sports, I'm, I'm switching. And they gave me a $50 a month credit. I did the BN same Sports. thing. I, I wrote them a nasty email and said, the only reason I have you guys is BN. That's exactly what I told them. And then I said, I'm switching unless you... Get get us back in there, and and they said, "How about until we get get it back up, we'll give you a fifty dollar a month credit." I'm like, "Okay, I'll deal with that." I like credits. That pays that pays for my online membership. Cox Cable is big in the South; they've got it. So there's, I mean, there's just I think something maybe regionally that we're dealing with. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Direct and Comcast are they're, huge, they're big. You know? Yeah, they're, they're the big, big ones. But you know, I, I I'm pretty sure with MotoGP and Dorna um, on there also, I think that that'll get turned around i would be i'll be surprised if we start the season without uh without the coverage so well danny it's always fun having you on the show man <laughs> always got something to say don't i that opinion <laughs> you know i just wonder how do you do it you, you've, you've got so much going on i don't know how you get it all done yeah i got good people around me i mean uh, cam peterson's dad robbie peterson is running super camp for me and cam's still doing all the camps and gagne's coming and josh hayes and our road race crew is, is phenomenal. Scotty Jensen and Danny Anderson, those guys are, 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 they really are awesome. And, you know, you know Mick. You know Mick, McGur- the girlfriend, the boss, she actually you runs bet. the whole show. So, well, you, you know, know we've got a good crew down. here, Danny, and they keep us on track. As a matter of fact, we're running up against top of the hour. Never. How about that? <laughs> hey, good like, talking to you guys. Seems like we ask you one question and we get a two-hour long answer, and we're okay with that. <laughs> we love you, Danny. Dandy talker. There he is. Danny Walker, the Dirty Talker. Uh, Dave Anthony, Jeff May, Chuck Asklin will be joining us in hour number two. Stick around. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly.
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. This is our number two of the big program. We want to thank our hour number one guest, Cooper Webb. Kurt Nicole and the sweet talker Danny Walker. Hour number two, we have David Anthony, uh, Jeff May, and Chuck Asklin. So road racing, second hour. I want to uh, give a shout-out to the American World Trophy Team, ISDE. They are Day two, I think, is over, but I haven't seen the results yet, but they finished day one in the lead. So uh, that, there was a... And, and even our big team, yeah, the yeah yep, the trophy team. Yep, the, uh, the so I think the women were... The, the trophy team was... Was in first. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the 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 women's were in second. I think the other team was in third. So um, that that consists of uh, Stu Baylor, uh, who's filling in for Caleb Russell and um, uh, Taylor Roberts, Taylor Robert Sipes, yep. and then Zach Bell, who yep. who was kind of a, a surprise that he was racing for the ISDE. But it's a uh, it's in Chile, and I guess it's it's a kind of a West Coast flavor. So um, interesting pick to see where they. Uh, where they'll end up but and taylor roberts leading right now the individual no surprise he's a west coast guy and and uh, very good so shout out to those guys um i want to bring in our first guest for hour number two if we've got him yes we do dave anthony joins us he finished 2018 in 10th place in the overall standings of the moto america motul superbike class he has been a regular on the show and we like having him on welcome back to the show dave what's going on man What's going on? Not much. Trying to uh, keep the kids quiet for 20 minutes while I talk to you guys. Have you tried spanking them? Oh, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> when, yes. when my daughter was young, I used to give her a whole bottle of Benadryl. <laughs> no 
you did and then i'd let her watch uh some kind of uh movie in her room like dora or bob the builder something like that so she just gently fall asleep you didn't do that no i put her outside on on in a in a harness and attach her to a clothesline let her you run you didn't do any of that either how how old are your kids dave they uh eight and nine. Oh well they can be spanked then that's that they're that age where they they probably appreciate a good spanking yeah they're almost ready to uh spank back too yeah yeah you <laughs> want to be careful about how much uh effort you put into that your kids will get you back yep well, congrats on a solid season with 10th overall finish. And, and as far as we can tell, you're you're one of the only riders running a Kawasaki in the Superbike class. So you're a standout for that alone. Um, how was that How was that uh, bike? How's the development? Was it all in-house? Anything, any support from Kawasaki? We've, we've always heard no from the guests that we talk to that run road racing in a Kawasaki. But um, I'm curious to hear how everything's going for you. Yeah, the Kawasaki, I'm not I'm not so sure on. I keep trying and keep persevering, but I've, I've never got along with it since the day I got on the thing. So in, in terms of development, yeah, that's all in-house. I mean, we get a lot of information from the world teams and BSB teams, but that's all based on Pirelli's. And, it, um, yeah, it's very different, very different on Dunlops compared to Pirelli's. And I think we got our answer as to support because anyone who's getting support generally isn't so honest with their opinions about their bike. No, no. So, and, uh, and, uh, and <laughs> sorry, I was laughing. We turn our mics off. Yeah, we we, yeah, because it was just. I don't know about that, Cowie. It's just yeah, it's refreshing uh, and, to hear honesty from any racer. It's sure it's is. refreshing. And I'm not a big fan of Kawasaki personally. Oh, uh, PJ is, and I am too. I, I mean, but I, I just I've not found it that many people have said great things about their sometimes dealings with uh with the factory effort or getting any help um but um in addition to this your, your own racing you feel the two riders in the superbike class uh you know what are the logistics involved for you as not just a rider but you know the crew transport etc i mean that's got to be a lot of additional duties for you each weekend yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you talked about being honest. Honestly, those guys are, you know, they're paying to be there. They're paying for the service. That's part of my budget. That's how we can go racing. Uh, but it does put a lot of extra effort on, you know, on me. You know, behind the scenes, it's only, it's really me. And I've got another guy, Rob, that really helps me out. But, you know, for me, it's full time. And then we have weekend guys fly in. So, yeah, you can imagine adding, uh, you know, we added a second semi this year and, just dealing with extra riders, you know, for sure the business side of things come first before before my riding, but, you know, I'd love to uh, focus on my riding and make that priority, but at the end of the day, it's a business, so you, you get by, you do what you got to do. Dave, and for our listeners that don't know this, you've gone both ways in uh, relatively recent history as far as often being a, 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 mm. a team manager, uh, team principal to for a short time at least you got to focus on your writing um, what's what's next year looking like for you are you going to be going at it in similar fashion to this year uh, it'll be similar fashion yes you know ideally right now my main focus is to try and get the budget to to do it properly you know this year was more of a be there turn up and we went racing type scenario as we're yeah, the goal is more money, more budget, more competitive, and, you know, we go racing to because 
same as everybody. You go racing because you want to win. That's the whole point. But like I mentioned, it's a business, so I have to survive. So unfortunately, business has been coming first. But yeah, priority is to try and make it so that we can focus on racing. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. And you, you, we joke about the Kawasaki, but it's expensive to switch brands. You've got a lot of a lot of things in the trailer and in the shop and that kind of thing. And it would it'd be quite an undertaking for you, I would imagine, for the team to uh, to swap that out. Yeah, exactly. It's you know that's why I've stuck with the Kawasaki for the last few years because because of the infrastructure we have. You know, earlier this year I got a chance to ride a an R1, and I tested on it. And testing went really well. I was a lot quicker on the R1 than I was on my Kawasaki. And uh, I ended up racing that bike at Sonoma. It didn't it didn't go as planned on race weekend. But, yeah, that was enough to tell me that I'm definitely quicker on a different brand bike. So I'm, I'm trying my hardest to uh, make it work to change brands. And what, you know, for... Uh... For our edification, what else does that involve? Obviously, I mean, are you talking at the the basic level? Do you talk to local dealers? Are you going straight straight to Yamaha's uh, racing group, uh, North America, or uh, beating the bushes everywhere? No, in terms in terms of the bike itself, I've pretty much given up trying to source bikes or parts or anything from a manufacturer. It really, uh, there's, there's nothing left out there. I mean, as you guys have probably noticed, Yamaha's cut back a lot. They've already cut the teams that they've got. So, I mean, if you got in good with the local rep for a certain brand, you might be able to get a bike on some kind of marketing budget. But, yeah, it, it's pretty hard to go and get bikes and parts at this stage. It's, it's, it's find your uh, outside sponsors and, and pay for them yourself. That's why I can say bad things about the bike I'm riding. And the contingency, I mean, it plays some factor, I would assume, uh, or is it, at your level, not such a big deal? No, actually, Kawasaki are very good on their contingency. That's the main reason I'm, I'm still on the Kawasaki. You know, I do a lot of club events for fun. So it's a good way to test and not spend a lot of money. But Kawasaki pays well. So, yeah, I actually can go and, go and test and make some money. So you do wear a... CVMA, what else? I mean, those are the two that I, I think come to mind as far as, as contingency goes. Is there anything else out there that, that people can go do and and earn some money on, on the green card? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously all, all the all the clubs, the CCS. Um, they're primarily on the East Coast, so I don't really get out there too much. Uh, AFM in California, that's pretty good. There's, um, Kawasaki definitely pays, pays the best out of all the manufacturers. I should I should clarify Roman uh, team green card not not the kind of green card that you're running on. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there it had, uh, had to throw it thanks. in there. There's the there. joke. <laughs> uh, our guest is David Anthony and uh, uh, team owner and, and racer himself. Um, solid season this year, tenth place overall in the uh, Superbike class. You've um, you've got some some downtime here now. What is your plans to over the winter? What do you, what do you, uh, how do you spend your time? You know, it's funny, a lot of, uh, a lot of riders and we'll, we'll take some time off from the training side of things. But for me, it's my time. It is some downtime, so it's some time to, uh, lose some weight that I've gained during the season and, and try and get fit again. You know, unfortunately, I, uh, the training goes out the window once racing starts because it's, you know, such a hectic schedule for me. So, yeah, a lot of training, getting back in shape and, it's probably the most stressful time of the year trying to come up with the budget. You know, that's the part I hate the most. You know, I don't like 
calling people asking for money. So, yeah, got to deal with that and catch up on everything around the house and family that you miss out on during the year. So, Dave, in, in years past, I alluded to earlier, you did at a time have a, a primary role as a rider and a rider only. Um, is that something that you still think about doing or are those days past and, and team principal slash rider is, is really the, the future for uh, Mr. Ozzy Dave? You know, I'm getting older, so I, you know, I'd love, I do chase up every opportunity I can. I'd love to just be a rider for at least to what, you know, see at the end of my riding career, see what I can do. But unfortunately, there's not many opportunities out there. So, yeah, it's, yeah, like I said, chase up every opportunity, but primarily it's focusing on, on keeping the team going. It's it's my source of income. It's, you know, that's what I've got to put my, put my effort into. And you're, clearly your, your goal, your aim, it would seem, would be in, in days after uh, your own involvement as a racer, you, you want to carry on a team. Uh, Moto America, uh, would you agree they're going in the right direction? And it makes it for uh, for team owners similar to yourself. There are a couple out there. I mean, it seems like it is viable to have a going concern that can return on an annual basis. Uh, is that the, the feel you have for the sport currently? Yeah, it's definitely going in the right direction. You know, for sure, I've been able to make my living out of it, so I can't complain on that level. Things are definitely definitely getting better in that respect. I'm pretty happy where the championship's going. Unfortunately, it's a slow process, but, you know, we're getting there. And the overall, I mean, the, the health of the motorcycle industry, we talk about it ad nauseum at times, is... Uh, it, like very similar to uh, any of our racing series, it's you know still recovering from uh, from the injuries it took in the 08, 09 era. Uh, the industry as a whole, not just the racing aspect. Yeah, definitely. It's you know when things went bad, I told myself you know hang in there, keep fighting, you'll come out on top. Uh, if you're one of the guys that are still left, you know I've done that. <laughs> I don't know, I come out on top, but I'm still here. What are your thoughts on? Sorry to interrupt, but on on uh, Moto America and Crave Group and and all that, are, are you pleased with what they've what they've accomplished in the short amount of time they've taken over the series? Uh, yeah, I mean, I better not say too much about Chuck since I heard he's on the show later on. But uh, he is in general. Um, yeah, no, they're definitely those guys have, have made a big improvement. The way it's going, what they offer for teams and riders. Uh, in terms of a race event, it, it couldn't be any better. Obviously, it's the the promotion side and the, the marketing side, and just you know, getting people to follow the sport. That's that's all we need at the moment. But that's looking like the hardest part, really. Yeah, I, I assume it's it's part and parcel. It's exactly what a team principal needs. Uh, you need to, the ability to sell a product uh, that's. This isn't this isn't unique to to motorcycle racing though, you guys. I mean, you drive you drive, and I've said this on the show before. You drive across country, and you look out your window, and you see how many stock car tracks that are that are sitting vacant. With and you just go, man, that'd be a cool place to build a motocross track in the middle. But unfortunately, there's the motocross is as dead as as uh, stock car racing is in the Midwest and and throughout the the, the various no, regions. And you're absolutely and, right. And it's not just it's just not motorcycles. It's it's racing in general. Younger people. 
Well, and it's the cost. Part of it is the cost. For sure. For sure that it has priced it out. The the dirt bikes are priced out of, of uh, a lot of people's reach. And uh, when you go into the bike shop and they say sale price seventy nine ninety nine, and you're like, what? That's a used bike. How is that even, uh, you know, a good deal? And, and road racing obviously is, is uh, in my opinion, I think that it, it, a lot of it starts on kids riding dirt bikes. And, you know, the side-by-side has, that industry has, has killed dirt bike sales, you know, because parents can buy one side-by-side and the whole family can go and, and have an adventure rather than ride dirt bikes. And these kids don't ride, up, don't grow up to be road racing fans. They don't grow up to be flat track racing fans or motocross racing fans or participants. Do you think I'm off on that, Dave? No, I think you're right there on that level. Definitely the kids these days aren't, aren't into it. You know, I remember being a kid, you know, that I get home from school the all I could think about all day was getting home to ride my bike. Right. But uh, my kids, you know, not that I want to push them into motorcycles, but I want to get them off the iPad and the TV, try to encourage them to do something, but they're just not interested. Just a different different generation. With and, that, uh, yeah, that's... You know, in talking about, you know, you guys brought up a few scenarios about what's wrong with motorcycling and road racing and motocross is dying as well. Well, I think, you know, we've all got our scenarios and everybody's got a got their thought on it but i think it's all combined you know every, all of the above if, if it was one thing someone would have taken it and run with it and they'd be fixing it by now it's not quite that easy I do, I do think that technology has definitely uh influenced a lot of the youth today uh, uh my wife has uh you know two kids and and they're you know teenagers but they like to spend a lot of time in front of some screens and I'm guilty of it too with my cell phone. Um, but, uh, now that we've moved out in the country, I've spent a lot less time in front of the TV or, or well, in front it of helps my... when you don't have internet, <laughs> we that's, do. that's one way to kill. That's I'm one kidding, way to I'm kill. Kidding, it. I don't know. No, we have wireless high speed, but, um, rich. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when your wife makes all the money. Uh, but you know, I, I think that, that's really hurt us probably the most and and i know that your your kids are you know a little bit younger but you know you kind of already alluded to it and and i think i've seen it with uh some nieces and nephews as well i think technology has kind of taken that place of going outside and playing or enjoying sure other forms of entertainment what do you think about that electric bike? I don't know if you saw that, Dave. The, uh, uh, the yeah, Husky and KTM, and I guess Gas Gas had one for an, an Oset or whatever that brand is. I don't know. Comes with the, yeah, Osets though. The it's a trials version. It, I think it comes with an emo kit and a and a like psych, psychological issues with that bike. The the the, the, the that <laughs> no. bike, but but the KTM that's coming out and the the Husky. Husky. Have you seen those bikes? They're they're super cool. The electronic or the electric ones. Yeah, the kids ones. Yeah, fifty uh, cc's. I mean, that's definitely a, a way to maybe help things for sure because it's more more accessible for a lot of people. You can you can ride it around your backyard. You know, we're on a little bit of land here. Less maintenance. Not that, uh, not that the kids' bikes really affect anybody, but you know, if you had neighbors complaining, definitely the electric bikes would be the way to go. 
gets past the the old mom test, I think, a little quicker than yeah. uh, than motorcycles. If you've got the For mom, sure. Two if you've got a mom on the, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Well, it's uh, you know a, a clever dad could probably compare it to the Barbie car at uh, any mm-hmm. given Walmart or Target. Hey, you had no problem with that. This is the two wheel version. <laughs> I guess you could get away with it like that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the crafty, the crafty in me. Well, Jeff, uh, uh, Jeff May's up next, but uh, Dave, I wanted to uh, to invite you to come back when you do have a bit of news and you want to uh, make some announcements on the team. We'd love to have you. Well, hopefully, yeah, sometime in the near future, that'd, <laughs> hopefully that'll be an option. You got any uh, hard ones you want us to ask Chuck later in the program? Oh, I mean, I throw them at him personally anyway. I think all of us do. <laughs> um, That's very, awesome. He's very politically correct, and you'll have trouble getting too much exciting information out of him, I'm sure. Well, it's good that he makes himself available to we're race teams try. and we're team owners try. like yourself. But, yeah, we're going to try and put him on the spot for sure. Good luck in your uh, off-season, Dave, rounding up the budget, and we can't wait to see you back on track next season. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was good talking to you. All right, that's been our guest, Dave Anthony. We're going to take a break, but before we we do, we want to thank Racetech, the science of suspension. For nearly 30 years, Racetech's been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at racetech.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dean Wilson, number 15. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber No speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans. Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden racetech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. 
America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction. Serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Mike Lafferty, eight-time National Enduro Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Big congratulations goes out to Rockstar Energy Husqvarna's Jason Anderson. Swept all three main events at the Ossex Open in Sydney last weekend. Captured the overall, obviously. Um, Wilson and Reardon rounded out the podium. Brayton, though, our homeboy here, finished homeboy. fourth. Had a bit of uh, bronchial bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Been, what he, been sick. He texted, I think that's what he texted me, because I, I was going to get him on, but he'll be on next week, I believe, assuming he can he can speak, but he's back in the U.S. But he finished uh, <coughs> fourth, and he got his third straight SX1 Australian Supercross Championship. So just so you don't, if you don't know, Jason Anderson, Dan Reardon, Dean Wilson, the, well, actually Reardon does, but... A lot of those guys don't race the whole season. They just come yeah. over for the big, yeah. the big finale, which is the Australian X Open in Sydney. And uh, this is the this is the end of the uh, season for Brayton. So he takes he and his wife and his kids, two kids now, over there, um, and they race. and And it's uh, been quite a a uh, nice little feather in his cap. Makes real good money over there. Yeah. And, and uh, Chad Reed finished fifth. So that was a big deal. I mean, the, he he actually led. Did you see the the, the deal where he kept? They have like a, a Joker lane. Yeah, he kept he, ta- he kept he taking it, it, so he gets yeah. front. <laughs> yeah, and, but then he got docked places. I know, and, and he's like, I just don't care. <laughs> I love and it. And you know what? Is that really if, what happened? Yeah, but if you're Chad Reed, so, do okay. you care? I don't know. So I was down in Baja and I was trying to watch this, and I'm like, what is Chad Reed doing? So anyway, in the uh, the 250 class. Another local Iowa homeboy, Cameron McAdoo. He uh, he he went two 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 and three main events for the overall. So 
pretty pull cool. Pull off the win in his first race with the first and only race with the team. Yeah, so basically Team Iowa has kicked everybody's butt in Australia. This Down year. under. It's pretty awesome, yeah. All right, uh, joining us now is uh, road racer Jeff May, who's uh, made a return to Moto America Motul Superbike in 2018, finished 17th place in the overall standings. Earlier this year, he finished fourth at the Daytona 200, and uh, that's a race he's he's been involved in multiple times over his career and, and uh, uh, done very well in that program as well. So he joins us again, Jeff May. What's going on, man? I don't know, man. Um, just hanging out. Got the invitation to be on tonight, so I figured, why not? Let's did you, chat with you guys. Did you dress up? No, I did not. Roman well, took his shoes lie. off in the studio. You it's can lie to I did not. It's the beauty of radio. You can totally lie and say, yeah, I got my tux on. <laughs> hey, man, I'm old. This is East Coast time, buddy. It's almost my bedtime. <laughs> East Coast time. Nice. So, And do we really say that you return to racing? Because you've never left racing. Uh, you've you've been racing I said he nonstop. returned to the program, our program. Oh, yeah, our Not program. Not to racing. Yeah. No, he never left racing. Yeah, I left for about six months and realized that wasn't for me and came back quickly. That isn't even a whole season. So, again, I would say that's not even really leaving. If you don't make it a year, you haven't left. Talk to Hayes about that. Yeah. See what he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going to be uh, a good uh, – I was thinking as I was looking at your results from this year and you're, you're clearly in the points. Man, what? why don't you, Hayes, and Rap? There's a dream team. Get an endurance bike and just go crush – I mean, there's some great endurance races out there. Free tires, I get for guys as fast as you guys. <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't give away my secret, man. I've been running around with my ZX-10 and my BMW all year, cleaning it up, taking all the BMW and Kawasaki money on the East Coast. <laughs> I don't want those guys to figure it out. It pays pretty good. Oh, yeah, I'm talking strictly endurance because I, I, I think it'd be awesome. to. And Corey West. Yeah, uh, Corey West would be another so guy Corey you throw in there because there's – there's some dominant teams. Uh, well, there's two dominant teams, and they they've been around for a while in the at least in Wera at the national endurance level. And God, that's the most fun race. And I think uh, when I've done uh, one or two endurance events, it's a blast. That's yeah, it's good fun, man. I started my career doing Wera endurance racing, and uh, we won the national championship that year. And I learned more in one year of doing national endurance. Than I think in five years of just other racing I've done, and it's just—I uh, wish we had a proper series in the states with endurance racing again. It it, it would help grow uh, a lot of the up and coming talent, and you, you learn so much when you're on a motorcycle for an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It's just time on the bike. Yeah, lap after lap. I mean, I I had one time in Virginia. I was like forty five minutes into my stint, and I realized something I was doing wrong, and. I just dropped a full second lap. That's for 45 awesome. minutes. I mean, that's longer than a Moto America race. And usually you're completely exhausted by that point. But that's when you start figuring stuff out and how to ride something differently to get the lap time out of the motorcycle. So, so what do you mean when you say you dropped a, an actual second, a whole second? What is it? Can you kind of, can you remember what it was that you were doing wrong? Yeah, it was the most basic thing in the world. They teach you in road racing school is to get your eyes up and look far ahead. Oh, I realized that I was looking down at the apex, and VIR has a lot of corners. I think it's like 24 corners or something, a lot of little bends, and it's very easy to just let your eyes kind of fall down at the apexes and not get them back up. And it's a momentum track. So when you get your eyes down on the ground like that and 
it just kills your roll speed in mid corner. Get your eyes up and look way ahead. It slows everything down. And man, it, there you go. One second a lap after being on the bike for 45 minutes. And when you look, when you're looking forward and you, and you're looking where, maybe this is too basic for you, but when you're, when you're looking to where you want to go, the bike just has a tendency to follow you, your eyes. And Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, rode in, uh, went down to Baja last week and rode from Takati to Cabo San Lucas on a dirt bike. And I was, uh, filling my drawers at one point I was coming around this cliff. It was straight up a cliff and it had been a bad situation had I not gone off, if had I not made this turn. And I just, from doing track days and just knowing you look where you want to go, and I just, I mean, I'm two-wheel sliding, standing up around this corner on this pig of a motorcycle, 650R, and I'm and I'm looking, and I'm, I mean, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, and I wrote it out, obviously, I'm here, but guys that came up behind me, they go, who almost died back there? And I'm like, oh, that was me. <laughs> and it's just, it's uh, it's incredible what looking forward will do for you. And in in all the disciplines of motorcycles. Works, man. That's the way it works. You know, it's, it's tied to your eyes. And what most easily demonstrated at pick a track event, be it a track day or a race, when somebody doesn't do it, uh, when someone crashes, they generally T-bone the scene of that accident. That's when you really see the bike going where uh, the eyes are looking. Yeah, you see guys run off. You know, they get in hot and they go, up oh, and they look off the track. It's game over. Game, o- game over. See you in the seeing the cheap seats. So, what's next year looking for, looking like for you, Jeff? Uh, as the proverbial spring chicken of Moto America, what? Uh, have you got know, anything man. cooking? No, I mean it, it's really strange. I mean. Um, I had an amazing year this year. This was one of the craziest years racing I've had. It was my 19th season straight racing. And, uh, I raced five different motorcycles. Um, I did the Daytona 200. I raced my Kawasaki 10RR and my BMW S1000R, Wira, CCS, Azra. Uh, I think I won every championship except for one. You can win in those and a lot of money. And then I decided to jump on board, did a couple of Moto America rounds with the Omega Moto guys, and I think I did two races at Miller and Sonoma, and then I decided to tackle the final round on my BMW um, and Superbike just to see how it would fare. Uh, and then I did the Arma Vintage Festival and rode my EBR there, uh, put it on pole, and ended up having a great battle with Taylor Knapp. I got second. Um, Tommy Bridewell made it over from BSD, so that was a that was a hell. Of a oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so I mean, I did so many things and rode so many bikes this year, and everything just stopped. And uh, you know, it's off season. I'm, I've, I've been able to just kind of chill out for two weeks, and I'm trying to make my game plans for next year. The Daytona 200 is definitely foremost first thing on my mind right now trying to uh tackle that we tested the r6 down at the race of champions like about three four weeks ago uh won the azure sport bike race and got some good data it was the first time i've actually gone down there and tested uh in a long time so we're gonna get the 200 rolling i'd love to race moto america full-time i just i don't see how to make it happen at this point in time um i feel like my riding's there my fitness is there it's just the opportunities are few and far between. And the guys that are getting those opportunities, you know, rightly so, are the young up-and-coming guys. And, you know, they're flexible. They don't have mortgages and wives and 
kids and real day jobs. jobs yeah, day yeah. jobs. So, um, and to be honest, man, I'm, I have so much fun club racing and coaching guys. And it's, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, well, I guess it is sandbagging a little bit, but you know, it's, it's an easy living. I go out there and make close to hey, six figures a year racing motorcycle you, and represent my sponsors well. So take it how you can get it, Jeff. Yeah. And you, know, you are not the same opportunity, not Moto America. I'd be there in a heartbeat. You, you're not the first. You're not the first or the last guy to go uh, to go bounty hunting, if you will. That's uh, it's the backbone of the sport. It's what uh, you know got a lot of eventual pro racers into the sport. Was hey, I can go make some money at it, and guys do it at the end of their careers as much as they do at the beginning. You wouldn't believe how many people don't realize that's happening. That you can actually get paid to go race a motorcycle and. I'm trying to educate these guys out there coming up in club racing, you know, buy something that from a manufacturer that's going to pay you back. It, it makes racing sustainable. And then you never know where that's going to lead to. I mean, that was, that was my story. So, and by supporting the manufacturers and buying those motorcycles that they support racing, it just helps grow the sport. Um, and I, I think we need to kind of get back to that grassroots level back to the way I came up and Josh Hayes and everybody else, Ben Speech, you name any road racer that ever did anything. And they came up club racing, bounty hunting. You know, it just, it's the, the way you need to do it. You you can't shut, shortcut the process by doing one year as a novice and some track days and going straight to Moto America. It's just not going to work out. Hmm. Are you living down in Atlanta? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm still in Atlanta. I've been, I've been here my whole life and uh, yeah. it's, it's uh it's good man i'm i'm uh i'm in a good place in life and my mortgage business is going great racing is great i'm I'm not going anywhere as far as racing is concerned that's for sure i'm not going it would be uh, maybe at least 10 years before <laughs> you see me disappear did they just lower the fed uh and the rates keep rising but it's more tied to the bond market um so as far as home mortgage rates go they've been kind of fluttering along at like 4.75 on a 30 year Mm-hmm. So it's it's about a percent higher than it was last year at this time. Hmm. And how does that affect you as a as a businessman? Honestly, it the only thing it's done is it's cut off the refinance market because everybody, you know, refinanced it could in the past two years, and so now it's a purchase market. But being in Atlanta, um, I'm sure you guys heard the news: Yamaha's moving their headquarters here. Big uh, deal there, uh, yeah. A lot of businesses moving to Atlanta. The city is booming. Um, we got a lot of business in Jacksonville. Southeast is just Nashville. Big. Also, a there's a lot of businesses yeah. in Nashville. Um, whatever the people. whatever the South is doing to entice business is working. A lot of people moving from the West Coast. You know, bang for the buck goes a lot farther down here. So hey, plus we got a lot of racetracks. Man, I got five racetracks within five hours from me. So. That's what I was getting Not at being in Atlanta. Place. You've got you've got opportunity there within a half day's drive. You're at a lot of different places. Oh yeah, barbers only two hours, and your home track, of course, the big boy. Roadlands right there. Ba hours five and a half. And you've got Roebling, Daytona. A lot of a lot of close stuff, man. Go uh, on your craft. How do we be involved in the two hundred this year? Uh, how do you mean? I mean, it'd be like fun. A live broadcast? Nah. Oh, I'd be all for that. <laughs> we could I'd be all like for that. We could do that, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe that, or maybe we, maybe we, maybe that's part of it. Maybe but we'll we show up. 
we uh, I don't know part of your program somehow. Yeah, give me a call, man. We can discuss that. I'm, I'm always looking for sponsors and partners to team up with, and you know, do something cool and exciting. I mean, sky's the limit. Maybe we could be. Maybe we could be a partner. Maybe we could be uh, something that we maybe added value that you bring to another partner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So, like a uh, an outlet for one of your sponsors that can, you know, maybe do a live show or something. I, I didn't even really even thought of that, but. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be it'd be interesting. We could do something cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of uh, a lot a lot of help from a lot of people, man, that make my program go during the year, and uh, a lot of people to give thanks to. But we do, we do a lot of fun things. Like I said, I rode five different motorcycles this year. And, That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it was it was fun. And well, rode them well. Well, Jeff, congratulations on a on a pretty darn solid year. We appreciate you coming on the show and talking about it, and. Let's keep in touch about the 200. It'll be here before you know it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on board, and I appreciate love always taking time out to chat with you guys. All right, we got to take a break. I want to thank Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and just about anything you need for motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobiles on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. We'll be right back. I was just on Pit Pass Radio. Check out Arena Cross for more of my racing. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka. Proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike Champion. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
I was talking off air with uh, our our last guest, Jeff May. He wants to go to Baja with his son in uh, February, so that'd be kind of cool. It would be cool. Uh, I don't think he can keep up on the tequila side of the bar, but uh, <laughs> he'd be, I'm sure, plenty fast on a bike. I'll show him how to ride a wheelie down a beach. Who do you think can ride a wheelie better down the beach, me or Jeff May? I would go with you I'm on going that Jeff, one. Jeff May. I'm, no, I'm going with Tony Jeff on May. that one. I've, I've ridden seen, with Jeff, no. and he's fast, I've no seen, doubt. I've seen Tony ride a wheelie. Sucks. Yeah. I rode a wheelie um, this last week. They were talking about, like, this one guy was bragging about wheelies, and I watched him, and I'm like, no. I literally rode, it had to have been eight miles. My my hand was so tired, I finally just started. Good started, way, to, good I finally way just, to ruin a motor. I finally, it did. Actually, um, I finally just locked the, the 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 wrist and just started clutching the thing. And the clutch got yeah, it did actually uh, didn't do the bike any favors. But oh, is that how the training went? I don't know. There was a bunch of oil that came out of the air box. Mm. Um, That's why. from standing her on end. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, our next guest is a well-respected former racer, former vice president of motorsport operations at Coda and former managing director at Team Roberts Racing and MotoGP. He is currently a partner in the Crave Group Moto America. Chuck Axlin joins us. Chuck, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I, I figured I must have done something wrong because it's been about four years since you guys had me on here. Well, about that. Um, Sorry. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, uh, the la- I don't know if you remember the last time you were on, but uh, we got a lot of mail about that. And no, I'm I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, just sitting here at home and got grandkids running around and uh, listening to the majority of your show. So uh, all good. Chuck, first of all, thank you uh, and congratulations on all success. Moto America and the Crave Group have uh, brought to our national road racing series as uh, our resident. Uh, road racing geek if you will uh, it's it's been impressive to see what your group has done since taking uh, the reins so first and foremost thank you for your efforts and, and your group's efforts now well thanks you know it's um you know next year will be our fifth year and and involved in this and it's been a lot of work but we you know we firmly believe we got one of the most exciting forms of motorsport out there uh, some great racing and um you know we're uh you know developing more uh entertainment aspects and trying to get more people to our events and we see by the the tv numbers and and youtube numbers that more people are following us uh than ever and and um yeah it's uh we're seeing good progress for sure chuck the, the tv aspect and absolutely recognizing it is not in your purview to make these deals happen but we've i already mentioned it to uh one danny walker earlier what, do you see any uh light at the end of the tunnel with as regarding bn and the providers that are carrying bn in the upcoming season because quite frankly the the tv coverage has been spectacular with bn i've been i think all fans have been nothing but thrilled with the coverage that we've seen unfortunately right now we're unable to see it we're pissed chuck well we don't have any racing going on right oh that's what the deal is then oh okay yeah yeah (laughs) no we you know i think danny kind of hit it on the head you know uh, some of these these negotiations happen and for us it, it obviously happened at the wrong time but 
saying that, you know, we, we've gotten our results back from BN and, and over the year with our, our live and delayed races, we had about 2.7 million people tune into their network to watch. And, and our YouTube uh, viewers, we, we got BN to let us put those, you know, our races on YouTube directly after the event. And we've got over a million viewers there. So what the, what the situation, we're confident BN will get the situation squared away, but what it has done is open the door for us to explore other opportunities, and and uh, there's some good opportunities out there, and our aim is to, you know, make our, our uh, you know, make it more accessible to, to watch our races and, and get more eyeballs on it than, than we already have. So um, so stay tuned, and we'll see what, see what happens. Chuck, um, I, I got a couple of questions from one of our listeners he sent me a message um his question is all all his friends the twins cup racers um they're waiting for massachusetts to confirm the rules package for 19 uh he said that we talk about it all the time um he's curious to know and, and his friends are too when this final rules package will be released uh, we actually are just in the final stages of the rules, and I, I think uh, we hope to have them out um, by the end of the month, first week of December later. And that was, speaking of Twins Cup, what an, a brilliant add to the series this year. Uh, I think it added some real depth. I, did you get that? Uh, are you getting feedback uh, of that nature as well, Chuck? Because, again, as a, as a spectator of the entire season, attending a number of races. I really think the Twins Cup race added some significant depth to the not only the the series, but the, the paddock. Just some really interesting stories. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stories in the Twins Cup grid, that's for sure. And I think when you, you look at it from the last race, yeah, that you know, it was pretty exciting. The championship came down to, you know, the last race. It was separated by two points. But I think we had nearly 30 riders on the grid. But, um if you go back to Road Atlanta, and we had, I think, eight or nine entries, and Wayne and my partners are looking at me like, God, what, what are we doing here? You know, what'd you get us into? <laughs> it's, uh, we certainly came a long way uh, from, from that. But it's, um, yeah, it's, there's a good group of guys. They have a lot of fun. There's, there's a lot of guys that haven't raced for a, for a while. But, um, you know, that, that class has provided some pretty, uh, it's pretty accessible. You know, it's not very expensive. There's some decent contingency money in it. And, uh, you know, guys like Chris Turner, Justin Fleece, and, you know, a number of guys um, came out that hadn't, hadn't been at the racetrack for a while, and they brought a bunch of, of fun people with them. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good addition. It was, it was pretty cool. Our guest is Chuck Axlin, who's a partner in the Crave Group, Moto America, obviously. Um, Chuck, can you explain the decision to reduce four of the 2019 events to a two-day schedule and, and the positives that you think you're going to see from this change? Uh, well, it's, um, you know, what we found out going to, to some of the tracks that we have went to over the last four years, you know, some you get good crowds over the weekend, places like Road America, Pittsburgh. You know, you get campers that are there early, want to experience the whole weekend, and then some some venues, you know, you don't get many people out there on a Friday, and, and, and there is some expense uh, for the teams. We weren't necessarily worried about the expense on our side, but more so the teams, and, and also we thought, you know, we, we just would we'd try the two-day events and tighten it up. We think it'll create a little bit more uh, maybe anxiety and, and pressure and you know, more excitement packed into a short amount of time. And, and 
some, some good racing. So we'll see how it works out. You know, if, uh, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, we always have the opportunity to, to go back. But I have some pretty good uh, feelings about it, and, and, and we'll see. Should be uh, should be fun to, to try it anyway. Chuck, another question for you. Uh, wondering if the, the KTM 790 will be let in. And if the 650s will get a CC boost, as was proposed in the provisional uh, 2019 tech regs? I'll let you know at the end of the month or the first week of December. That's, so, so that close, huh? That's going to be part of your rules package, I'm sure. Uh, part of the rules, yeah, exactly. Chuck, the as Crave... Uh, came in and took over Motor America, we saw very clearly an effort to uh, mirror World Superbike uh, in many ways to, you know, allow parity and, and I presume, uh, knowledge share. So we've seen that, and now World Superbike does the unthinkable and goes to this uh, crazy three-race weekend format. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on that? Is that something Moto America would ever even consider? I, I don't see it as an advantage, but maybe I'm not looking at it the right way. Yeah, personally, you know, like like they, you know, when they switched to having, uh, well, when we first started, we obviously we had two Superbike races on a Sunday. And, you know, personally, that was my preference. It, it builds up for a big day on Sunday. You got two, you know, two main races. But when World Superbike switched to a Saturday and Sunday format, we kind of waited a year to uh, see how that would transpire. And, you know, their feedback was that everything was positive. I, I can't really see us doing three-day weekend event. But uh, once again, we'll, we'll see how that um how that unfolds. I, you know, a lot of people don't know that I'm, I'm also Jonathan Ray's manager. I started that back in my CODA days and still the, the feedback that I'm hearing is they don't really know what that third race is yet. You know, what, if it's a points race or qualifying race. So we'll, uh, we'll just wait and see, see what happens and stick to what we got right now and, and try and make uh, what we got going uh, work here. Is there any uh, talk about the, the Twins and the Stock 1000 classes having two races per event, too? Yeah, I think we're, we're looking at uh, probably at two events for each class, having two races on, on a weekend for those guys. Give That's a, a lot, of, more, uh, lot of more lot of racing. Time. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's, uh, it would be, what, two, two more races for each of those um, classes, you know, for the year. Uh, they wouldn't be... You know, so you wouldn't have two twins races and two stock thousand races on the same weekend. You'd have two twins and one stock thousand. But uh, we want to give them, uh, you know, a little bit more track time they've they've asked for. It and um, yeah, so we're we're doing what we can to accommodate. Chuck, with the change in format, do you think we're going to get a little bit more aggressive racing? Maybe more. Uh... Uh, maybe not aggressive is, is, is entirely the, the key word, but maybe intensive racing out of these guys, uh, because there'll be a little bit more on the line possibly instead of just kind of maybe laying back cause the race will be shorter. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, something that we'll see. I think it's hard to get any more intense than our super bike races have been. You know, if you go back and look at a few of them, like road America race one, um, there's some great battles going on. Um, you, you got, you know, the way that our rules have transpired, there's some good opportunities for privateers. We had, you know, Josh Heron, Matthew Stoltz, 
you know, winning some races this year, and, and I think uh, there'll be even more competition next year. So um, I think what we got going on is pretty intense as we got it. It absolutely is. How about the Triple Crown? That was uh, an, an interesting feature to this season. Is that something that's going to uh, continue next year? For the, the Wear Triple Crown? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, haven't really got that far in the planning. You know, we're, we're getting our event schedule sorted out now, and a lot of it relies on the track time. We uh, certainly enjoy, you know, not only Wear, but we've had, you know, AFM uh, come participate in our races, some vintage groups come, and we like to get that element in where we got some, you know, club racing in, involved and exposed to Moto America. So, um, you know, if it's not a triple crown, hopefully we'll we'll make the opportunity to get uh, have a couple events with, with the Wear of folks uh, for sure. Cool. Well, that was, uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it this year. And yes, I, we all recognize that there were some other events beyond that where, uh, other clubs were involved. And I think yeah. it is doing, I think it's doing a good service to, to both, you know, both, uh, organizations clearly. And it just gets, you know, broadening of the, of the fan base never hurts. No, exactly. You're right. We need a little Ozzy Osbourne, I think. Ozzy Osbourne, uh, concert. Why not? Yeah, why not? You, we we tried crazy uh, train. <laughs> yeah, we we tried some not Ozzy Osbourne, but we had some country bands at Virginia. How did it go? It um, the music was good, the racing was good. Um, you know, I don't know if having the big band concert mixed with the race was uh, you know quite what we expected, but um, you know, this year we tried sort of three different we call them tentpole events. Um, that was one of them. We had Tony Hawk was the other one. Tony that was Hawk. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then at Sonoma, we threw in an element that was more geared towards the kids with carnivals, and we did have some music and barbecues going and stunt shows, and and that was that was great too. That was a lot of fun. Did it work? Did any of those things work? Where you go, okay, that made that the ROI is there. I think the one that probably worked the best that was the, the uh, most inexpensive to put on was what we did at Sonoma. And at the same time, we got the most compliments because there were things to do for, for little kids. There were things to do for the women that were attending. You know, the men could go watch the racing or the stunt show. And it was just a, it was a great family atmosphere. There were a lot of kids there. And I think that's something that we'll probably pursue uh, for a lot of our events next year. We touched on this on a couple times during this program that KTM and Husqvarna announced they have a little peewee coming out that's electric. Um, obviously, it's here. I had a meeting with the AMA on Sunday via phone um, in a in a conference call thing that we did, and and they're you know they're gearing up by 2020. MX Sports, who's the promoter of Loretta Lens, is going to have a class for electric motorcycles. I don't know at what size or what level. I think it's going to be an adult class, but. We, we believe that uh, this thing is going to grow legs and it's going to be the future. Do you think that is, uh, we'll see that in road racing, and I see we've I've put us up against the clock. Do you think we're going to see electric bikes in road racing in the near two, three years? Well, already with MotoGP, they have their Moto E series starting next year, and, and yeah, I could anticipate seeing some, some electric racing uh, coming about sometime down the road. Well, Chuck, it's, uh, how about we do it before four years? We'll have you back on again. I'm, I'm here anytime, guys. I appreciate you guys having us on. All right, big thanks to you, Chuck Axlin. Also, thanks to Jeff May. 
Dave Anthony, Dave, Danny Walker. Uh, who else we have? Kurt Nicole and Cooper Webb. If you missed any part of it, you can go back and find it at pitpassmoto.com. I'm Tony Wink for Scott Casper, Ed Camp, PJ Dorn, Roman Avila, Jack and Leanne DeLeon. This has been Pit Pass. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.